updates, Q&As, and much more on deck for this week's episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade. Roll that intro. What's going on, folks? Thanks for hitting that download button and checking out a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one-stop shop for toys, tech, and talk with some assembly required. I'm your host, Rich, and if this is your first time checking out an episode, first of all, welcome. Second, a bit about what we do here. Toys and Tech of the Trade is an interview series where we sit down with content creators, entrepreneurs, and just awesome folks that are on our radar and discuss the gadgets, the gear, and the tech that they use to run their businesses create their content, and overall, be more productive. Now, when it comes to toys around here, we use a more generalized uh, definition of toys and don't relegate it to just action figures and things of that nature, but to things that put a smile on people's faces, to things that they like to collect, whether it's guitar picks, cars, jet skis, everyone's definition of toys varies, and we appreciate and respect that more generalized approach. Not only that, but it just allows us to connect with our guests on a different level and on a more personal level to help break up some of the business and the gadgets and tech talk that we have on our show. With that little brief intro out of the way, let's get into some housekeeping because there's lots to discuss and there's a lot of things I want to share with you folks. So without any further ado, let's get to it. So first and foremost, I know that it's been a couple of weeks, maybe a few months since we did our last episode and a lot has happened since then. I know I've shared some things in some episodes, but I'm going to be, as always, I pride myself on full transparency. So if I didn't mention it, I, I'm trying to remember if I did. I, um, you know, when COVID-19 happened back in 2020, I was at the, at the time working for my previous employer and I was doing that while also splitting my time as a stay at home dad with my young daughter. So uh, May 1st of 2020, I get the um, Microsoft Teams message from HR, followed by the phone call. And next thing you know, Rich is unemployed. After almost 20 years of service, I get the uh, the call. Oh, you know, saving money, yada, yada, yada. You guys know the deal. So Rich goes on unemployment. Now, obviously, being in New York City and COVID really taking root um, from March on, it was it was difficult, but I took the opportunity to obviously double down my efforts on RageWorks, the network, um, being a stay at home dad, etc. My wife was working at home from the time and I said at the time and I said, you know, things should get better. I should be back to work in no time. Started updating my LinkedIn, updating my resume, all the fun stuff. You know, it's interesting when you haven't been um looking for a job in a long time, how much things have changed, approaches have changed, strategies have changed. And I got to tell you, not every strategy is, is the same as it was way back when you may have got your job. For instance, you know, it, there's conflict in terms of whether you should have one, a one page resume or a multi-page resume. And in my case, I fluctuated between, Hey, let me do a resume with all of my work in podcasting and content creation, plus all my regular day job work. Next thing you know, that became like a two, almost a, a three page resume. 
But some people were like, hey, man, you work for 20 years. There's a lot of stuff that you should include. It's important to get a job. So I tried that for a bit. Nothing. No callbacks. Uh, Decided to switch things up and do a separate resume for all my creative work uh, with Rageworks and everything else. And then a separate work, a separate resume with with all of my other job stuff. Same thing happened. Um, I, I say since since I was let go till now, I've probably applied to about 50 to 60 jobs out of that the ratio of jobs to interviews is 50 applications and three interviews. So definitely not a good record being three and 50. Um, the funny thing is I was trying, I've been trying to find jobs relevant to the, my current skill set. you know, content creation, podcasting, etc. primarily because the, the company I work for, you know, I went in there at 19 years old, wet behind the ears. I started in the mailroom, worked my way up. Um, in no shape, way, or form did I wake up saying, hey, I want to learn about the automotive industry. And, um, you know, it was it was awesome. I learned a lot, but it just wasn't, it, it's just not my thing. I'm not a car guy by any stretch. Um, you know, I don't sit here jonesing to find out which are the latest cars, the newest cars, etc. But I... I applied a lot of the skills I knew outside of work to that job so that I can make the job better for me and for the people I worked with. And, you know, it was cool and all, but it just wasn't my thing. And now at 41 years old, going on 42, I said, listen, in the next chapter of my life, I either want to do something I enjoy or I want to work for myself because either way, whatever I do next is going to chart my path for the next few years, especially being a father. Now you kind of start viewing the world a little bit differently. You want to make sure, obviously you got stable employment. You want to make sure that you have a healthy work life balance, especially now with my daughter getting ready to start three K, you know, I gotta, I want to be present. I think, um, a lot of people during the, this time, especially a lot of my fellow fathers and people that I know, uh, former colleagues, et cetera, they said, you know, it's unfortunate that you're not working, but the the best part of the job has been you being able to spend time with your kid, watch your kid grow up, be there for all those important moments. And that part was awesome. I felt like I, you know, it was a um, it, it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey watching my daughter take her first steps, roll over for the first time, her first words, her first uh you know, successful trip to the bathroom, like, uh, you know, just those little victories that a lot of people just can't enjoy or are just not able to be a part of. I got to enjoy. So on the flip side, while, yeah, being unemployed sucks and, you know, the current climate is not ideal. I am grateful that I had the chance to uh, spend the time and and watch, you know, those those crucial first first year now going into the second year for my daughter, just being present. Uh, my good friend James Lopez from Fatherhood is Lit always says, you know, presence over presence. And it's true. I feel like me being present in my daughter's life has just made my life more fulfilling. Mind you, things have not been easy. You know, we went from a two salary household to a one salary household. And, you know, I had to do some consulting, which I've been doing here and there. Um, big shout outs to, to some, some great companies that, that brought me on for some consulting projects. 
uh, also just hustling eBay, all my all my usual things that I did in my my spare time just for some pocket money started becoming my my backbone for my uh, for for my bank account. Now, the funny thing is a lot of people are doing reselling and stuff like that. Either they're inspired by like Resi resells or Gary V, et cetera. And I tell you, listen, the if if that's ever something you want to do, whether it's to make some extra money, um, the easiest and most practical tip I give anyone interested in doing that is to just go through your house. You would be surprised how easily you can make a couple of hundred dollars with just stuff in your house. And you'd be and I mean something as simple as vintage t-shirts to older appliances, etc. That stuff makes money. There's people out there that are looking for those things, need those things, want those things, and it's it's just a an easy easy way to do it. And now of course, with that comes work. You got to take good pictures, you got to write a good description. It's not it, it's still work, but at least it's something that you could block out time an hour a day or, you know, a couple of hours on the weekend, go through your house, sit down, photograph and list stuff before, you know, if stuff is selling, you're making a few trips to the post office and you got a couple of dollars in your account. Now, obviously, eBay is not the only way. There's plenty of other platforms, but eBay is the one I use the most. Now, a few of my friends got into Amazon reselling. There's ways to do that. I am not well versed on it, but definitely, like I said, look up resi resell some of those other content creators and they'll be able to direct you in the right direction so you know that's kind of an update a personal update on where i've been at um i think i mentioned in a in a, in a past show we 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 made rageworks legitimate now uh rageworks llc has been in in effect since uh a few months back very proud of that using that as the 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 backbone of some additional endeavors that we're going to be pursuing uh in the podcasting and content creation space where we're working on something which hopefully i can bring it together because as i said before i'd love to work for myself and just have full control of my quote-unquote destiny versus being at the mercy of punching a clock but that's not to say that punching a clock is bad because sometimes you need that stability to kind of get you focused and there's a part of me that feels I, I need that again, especially just being on the bench for so long just to get myself my brain back in work mode, like writing posts, recording podcasts and all that stuff. That stuff comes second nature. So there's never a matter of focus there, but just the focus of messing with Microsoft Word, messing with Excel, you know, those other little skills that you use in a nine to five job. Those I haven't been using as much. Now it's just a lot of video editing, a lot of audio editing, a lot of uh, Canva to create graphics, graphics, etc. It has been um, it's been a very interesting journey. And I'm glad that along the way I got to self-improve, learn some new skills, try some new tricks and hopefully allow all of these lessons and, and stories to be passed on to you folks who are in similar situations, hopefully in better situations and um, hopefully take something from it. So I wanted to give you folks that update uh, regarding the podcast. We got some great guests on the horizon, and I think we're going to be switching the release date from midweek, which is Wednesdays. We're probably going to start releasing the episodes Saturday just because I feel like it's just a better way 
to uh, load the block of shows we release on the network. Like right now, Wednesdays is usually Turnbuckle Tabloid. Thursdays is Trek Untold. Fridays sometimes is Black is the New Black. Then Saturday, it's another Turnbuckle Tabloid. Then um, Sunday, we we do a live uh, Eat for Life podcast, etc. So either Saturday or Sunday are when we're going to start releasing uh, new episodes of Toys and Tech of the Trade going forward. I think it'll just be a little easier and more manageable to record more episodes during the week, especially now with my daughter going to school. I can get more guests in on the week during the week than versus the weekend when some people's time is a little bit more limited. So probably not the next episode, but the episode after that will start being released uh, Saturday or Sunday. Once once we pin down a formal date, of course, I will mention it there now. uh, Prior to. The little break that we took, we had recorded a Q&A, which. I didn't finish, but I also took advantage since I didn't finish it and was able to add some additional Q&A questions. So with that said, we're going to take a a quick break and jump into the Q&As from uh, an unreleased episode, share those and then wrap things up and close out the show. So without any further ado, let's tackle this Q&A, shall we? All right, let's jump into the Q&A right away. First question comes from Darren. He writes, do you miss my take radio? (laughs) Man, talk about nostalgia. Um, You know, it's funny because initially I did. I missed it a lot. But I think that a lot of the stuff that that we used to cover has evolved so much and has changed so much that over over time i just missed doing that aspect less and less i mean let's let's be honest like the mma scene was nothing like what it was when we were doing mtr and with wrestling there were so many other great companies out there just doing amazing work covering wrestling that it just felt like i was regurgitating a lot of the same news stories now of course uh the big driver for a lot of that stuff was the way that we delivered it um and and my thoughts on it hence my take uh, on those particular items but in the grand scheme of things it really didn't it didn't bother me much i mean i know slick had mentioned to me a while back like oh have you ever thought about bringing my take radio back etc and i'll be honest you know i just i just haven't and i got to take a moment and really just extend props to uh, Jay Santy and the crew at Turnbuckle Tabloid, because again, they're doing wrestling content twice a week. They're always motivated. They're always looking to keep it fresh. And I think that it's leaps and bounds on another level than what I was doing. Not to mention the fact that Jay was able to is able to play off of Olski, uh, people that he has in studio, etc. You know, a lot of the My Take Radio episodes I did was just me um, ranting and raving for three hours at a clip, two hours at a clip. But these guys now, they have things to play off of, a great support system. I do have to say, though, that the the chat that we used to have for the show was a very huge part of the show's success. Just having that energy from the people in the chat uh, reacting to what I said and sharing their own opinions as well is is definitely something that made it great. And at the end of the day, My Take Radio served as the foundation for everything that we have done with Rageworks and for that and its importance I could never dismiss in any shape, way, or form. Thanks for that question, Darren. 
Uh, Maria writes, I want to start a podcast. My budget is $100. What do you recommend? Wow, that's a, <laughs> that's a very weird question. Um, I, I, I was unsure about answering this because honestly, um, you know, a hundred dollars is a, is a decent budget, but it's, it's not a budget thing. I feel, I feel it's a content thing more than anything else. And I'll be honest, I got to say, um, uh, with a hundred bucks, look, your best piece of podcast equipment resides in your pocket. And that is your phone. There's numerous little apps and and suites that you can use to to create your content you can record stuff right on your phone you can get a decent lav mic um i can put links to that in the show notes that you can pick up and plug it right into your ios or android device record right into that now if you're looking to record on your computer i'll be honest i mean you can get a decent uh blue snowball to start uh, which should run you about 30, 40 bucks. And you can start with that and you can edit with audacity, which is going to run you free, <laughs> free 99. Um, if you want to get something a little more advanced, you could try Reaper, which usually has a license for 60 bucks. And then of course the usual suite of Adobe audition and Hindenburg journalists, etc. But if you're using the $100 threshold, I would start with audacity, maybe a blue snowball and then put the rest of that money towards a good podcast host uh, like Libsyn or one of these other companies to, uh, of course, give your podcast a home. And then more than anything else, and this is something you can't have a price tag on, is what your content is going to be, what you're going to discuss. That part is massive. It's something that matters more than anything else, because at the end of the day, people throw money and equipment at their content, but if they're not motivated to do their content and the subject matter that they're covering just doesn't resonate with people, you're not bringing some sort of value, whether it's value in the form of entertainment or value in the form of education or a combination of most uh, of both, you know, edutainment, then none of the, the, the hundred dollar budget doesn't matter. But again, if you're a stickler and you're only trying to spend no more than a hundred bucks, uh, you could do, like I said, road, um, excuse me, Rode. Uh, Blue Snowball mic is a good one. The Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred is a good one. Both of those can be used with USB. Uh, the twenty one hundred is good because when you move up to an XLR, uh, you know, a uh, interface or a mixer, you can just you continue using that microphone. But that Audacity, like I said, which is free, and then a good podcast host to host your show. And if you even want to go lower scale or you want to do video, your phone is your best friend for that. So there you go. What is this one? Red 878 writes, has your family always been supportive of your content? Um, I'll be honest. Uh, my, my, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, super supportive, went with me to cover numerous conventions uh, helped me out with the podcast, helped me secure guests, uh, really a big, big driver. But I'll be honest, the rest of the people in my circle, and I mean like family-wise, many of them even now don't know that I podcast or that I did or that I've created content that lives on the internet. They just know that I get to go to Toy Fair and I get to do stuff, but they really never knew the specifics, partially because like my my siblings, you know, they have special needs. So that's something that doesn't really uh, resonate with them. 
and um my grandmother's an older woman so you know nothing and and my brother he knows a little bit but not much but outside of that the rest of my family um and by that i mean my wife is super supportive of of all of my podcasting endeavors especially when we were dating and i was doing my take radio from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. you know i would be recording in in a in a corner of my bedroom upstairs and you know she was a trooper man this was when she was staying over at my house she would wear uh you know earplugs and um sleep mask and she would just go to sleep and i would record the show mind you i was doing video and everything at the time and you know, i had a little divider and a curtain and they um you know they supported that particular endeavor and even now like uh my my nephew and a few others they they got the podcasting bug they supported what i was doing uh with the rageworks brand later on and i think that a support system it i got to say it's very very important but i also have to say that it's an end all be all and you have to set some expectations meaning that your family for the most part they're not going to tell you if something you're doing really sucks. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but you have to set expectations that they're always just going to say, Hey, yeah, that was great. And you can't use that. I mean, it's good if you want to use that for fuel to keep going, but don't use that as a litmus test for your success. Um, as long as you enjoy doing it, it's not work, but don't rely on, on the opinions of family to keep that going. Because again, it's one of those things that it's solely the success really, really um, depends on you, the individual, more than the quote unquote support system that you may have. So hopefully that's a that's a good enough answer for you. Um, oh, here's a here's here's a fun one. I, I figured I would get one of these eventually. Uh, Matt H writes, what kind of gear are you currently using? I think um, I haven't really discussed many changes to my gear over for a while now, but a few things I I, I remain that remain consistent have been the Rode uh, Procaster microphones, which continue to be the uh, the backbone here in my home studio, as well as the Rodecaster Pro, which um, again has just been a great um, a great piece of hardware. A little, a little pricey, you know, in, in, in the $500 range, but it replaced so many things, uh, noise gates, racks, all the stuff. Everything is in one thing. And I still use a Zoom H6 as a backup recorder. Even though you can record into the Rodecaster Pro, I always like to have a little layer of redundancy. So those are my two big pieces of equipment. I still edit with Hindenburg Journalist. I master the episodes with ID3 tags and everything else and good old audacity, which is still great for that. Um, I use Alphonic for leveling and that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, the only other thing that I got to say that I've added recently, which I thought was really cool is I got a monitor arm, which has a, a little, a separate secondary arm for you to use as a, for your laptop. But I ended up using that secondary arm for me to put the Rodecaster Pro, which freed up a lot of desk space. It not only lets me move the Rodecaster Pro around if I needed to, but it allows me to tuck my keyboard right under the mixer and just give me a little bit more space to work with. So overall, most of my equipment remains Rode for the most part. And um, 
for headphones, if you're curious, I'm using the Audio-Technica ATH-M50s. I actually bought replacement ear cups and a replacement headband because I'd been using them for so long that the ear cups just got disgusting and the headband was literally falling apart. So they actually sell a sleeve that you can roll around the top of the headband, zipper it closed, and it kind of just breathes life into um, a pair of ATH M50s. I love them. They're super comfortable. They give me a great noise floor whenever I'm listening to super quiet audio to hear if there's any underlying noise. And most importantly, they're just for, for long stretches where I'm recording or editing, they have been great. But the equipment for the most part remains unchanged. I know some people they go and they rotate equipment out frequently. I try not to do that just because then you have to keep a, a unique set of settings and things like that. Not something I want to do. So Roadcaster Pro, uh, Procaster mics. Um, other than that, I have a stream deck, which I use to launch certain programs or certain things when I'm podcasting and the occasional stream, which I definitely have dropped the ball on. Uh, everything else is uh, I have an AMD rig and a uh, Logitech uh, mouse and keyboard, which have been great. And I'll make sure to put links to that in the show notes for this episode. Um, studio tour. I got this one through Instagram. Uh, Pete seven, eight, that seven, eight, seven. My writing just looks like trash, but yeah. Um, are we going to get a studio tour anytime soon? I, I, this goes right along with the gear question. Um, I don't know. Studio tours are a, are a big deal, uh, especially on YouTube. We've been we've been trying to do more videos on the channel. Uh, maybe maybe probably within the next few months, maybe I'll do one only because I I put a lot of uh, adjustments and things into the studio now. I've downsized a lot of my Funko Pops. I, I'm definitely getting out of that a bit. And um, I've picked up a lot of action figures and cool statues and stuff. So just to add a little bit more personality to the studio space. So maybe in the next uh, three to four months, we'll do a, a studio tour on the YouTube channel. But we'll see just because I'm a little I'm a little weird with that stuff because I've heard stories of people doing studio tours and then people trying to figure out where they live and their st- their studios getting broken into, et cetera. I'm really weird with that stuff, but. I also know that a lot of people like to see the content and draw inspiration from it. I mean, I'm a massive uh, fan of like the tech source YouTube channel and random Frank P and those guys that showcase people's studio spaces and, and home offices. So maybe, maybe, like I said, maybe in the next three to four months, we'll definitely do that. Brandon writes, what's going on with the YouTube channel? Any new videos? Question mark. Um, yes, actually there were, there were quite a few videos um over the last couple of weeks for the channel mostly action figure reviews we're going to be doing more of that kind of stepping more into the toy stuff uh just because it's something we do uh frequently whether it's alongside our content partners at nerd news today or even in general i'm always picking up new toys and new things whether for ebay or for my daughter who's now getting into stuff like she got into he-man so she's got her own he-Man and Skeletor from the Origins line, and we watched uh, the new He-Man cartoon on Netflix. She's got into Voltron after watching the Netflix Voltron series, so there's definitely always some action figures and stuff being picked up, 
And as a result of that, it just allows us to create new videos for the channel. But I'll, I'll put it out there to, to you folks. You know, what do you want to see on the channel? Do you want to see more uh, tech stuff, more podcasting stuff? Do you want to see video game streams, etc.? Just let me know. Uh, feel free to respond via social if you want or e- uh, email, of course, which I will uh, share at the end of the episode. But yes, they um, the channel is starting to get more content, especially being home. But I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you, folks. I had um, you know, I had a couple of months where I was just in a really, in a really funky place, not working, and I kind of felt like I hit like a creative block, and I almost felt like I had um, imposter syndrome. Like, like, listen, man, you're not a real creator. You're not out there doing this stuff, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of self doubt, you know, a lot of um, negative self talk. So. You know, I've been digging myself out of that, just trying to double down on the stuff that's made our our work at RageWorks, you know, uh, 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 beloved by by many of you. So we're definitely going to be doing more videos, more things in the future. And as always, um, whatever whatever you folks want to see more of, I will do my best to try and get some content out about that. All right. Oh, look at this one. This one. <laughs> Man. This looks like it's Allegra, Allegra 78. Do you make money doing podcasting? Ah, man. You know, it's funny. I didn't vet all of these questions prior to recording because I kind of just wanted to have a little bit of spontaneity in recording this particular Q&A. And some of the questions I had answered previously in the Q&A episode I had previously recorded that we did not release. But this one is completely fresh and making money doing podcasting i i don't want to answer this question but i feel i do because there's a lot of people that are that are either doing this for the money or doing this in hopes of making a lot of money and i got to tell you full transparency that it's it's tough it's very difficult to make money do i make money from my my podcast in particular yes but it's also because we use things like affiliate programs. I don't sell any courses or any of that stuff, but I do have podcast clients that I uh, that take my services either to edit their shows or to set them up on iTunes or set them up on the network. I give people turnkey solutions to get their show started because some people just they just want to set their their main focus on recording and creating content and not doing the other stuff. So. To, to that end, yes, there is there is a matter of uh, money that's being made. And it's not, again, not an astronomical amount, but definitely not uh, something to subsist off of. Now, I will say that you have to go and you have to be you have to be honest with yourself with regard to why you're doing podcasting, what what the end game is, what kind of money you're looking to make. And you have to understand that a lot of the revenue streams that are generated by some of your favorite creators and podcasters, yes, to a point they come from their podcast, but that's a very, very small percentage. A lot of people create courses or ancillary services or affiliates or other things which are, you know, multiple sources of revenue. It took me a long time to accept that because I felt that you know, my podcast is good. I got downloads. Why am I not making any money? But that's not it. You have to understand that there's other ways to make money. Sure, you can do advertising and 
you can get certain metrics. And the thing is, brands and companies are starting to understand podcasting more. So you're seeing the the possibility of somebody willing to do an ad or pay for a for a sponsorship for a segment or a show. But that's that's still something that's growing uh, little by little. It's not a rapid growth because so many people still don't understand the full scope of what podcasting or a podcast in general is about. So I, I pose this. I put this out there to you. If you're looking to get into podcasting for monetary gain, please don't do it because you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And I say that it, with the with the with the most in the most sincere way possible. Because again, you have to love it. You have to love the grind. You have to love editing. You have to love bringing value entertaining people there's a lot that goes into it not to mention growing your social media and all of the other stuff that comes with it but making money you have to find other ways to do it sure you could make money from your podcast but making a sustainable living is gonna is gonna have to involve many other aspects of your your work and your podcast uh other than just the content you create so I hope that that answers your question. I tried to be as transparent as possible. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and give you figures of what I make, but it's definitely not enough to make, um, you know, for me to sit here and say, oh, I'm going to I don't need a day job, but I am using it as a way to make money doing, like I said, other things, whether it's consulting or working on on shows for the network or just working on shows for people in general and even now as i look for a new job i'm trying to find uh, a new job in in the podcasting space so i can continue growing that skill set and flexing those particular muscles to get people uh you know to leave the space better off than when i started Uh, as simple as that all right we're gonna do uh let's do two more Thoughts on Twitch for podcasting. Um, uh, this is another Matt, or is this the same Matt? Man, I can't tell. Thoughts on Twitch for podcasting. Okay, so when I started doing video video versions of my podcast, a uh, huge shout out to Andrew Zarian from the GFQ Network and Matt Men for, for pushing me to do video way back when with my tank radio. Um, the thing about it is that using using Twitch or YouTube or Facebook live. I think it's just a great way to deliver, to deliver content and to put your podcast out there to a a different audience. But there's a couple of other things you got to be aware of. There's a layer of other equipment you have to babysit. In addition to obviously making sure your audio is on point, you got to make sure your video is good. You got to have decent lighting. You got to have a decent camera, whether it's a webcam or a mirrorless or a DSLR. And it's just additional equipment that factors in now of course there's plenty of free free tools to do video obs and and a lot of these other ones and you can use all of those i think twitch youtube facebook live etc i think they're great do i think that they should be the backbone of a podcast to start (laughs) questionable i i i mean as someone who used to multi-stream to all of the different platforms when we podcasted it was great, but like I said, there were definitely some technical hangups to ensure that everything ran smoothly. So if you are comfortable with Twitch and you think Twitch is just a viable option, I say take the take the make the jump and give it give it a shot because 
if if you sit down and you dwell on should you or shouldn't you, it's going to turn into you not doing anything. So if if you want to try Twitch or YouTube live or Facebook live, then by all means do so. I will add that by using those platforms and doing your podcast that way, you do open yourself up to obviously just uh, disingenuous comments, trolls, etc. Because again, you're 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 broadcasting live, and you run the risk of people disrupting your show. Much like when we were doing um, my take radio live, it was always good to have people interact, but occasionally people would sneak into the chat room and uh, make things difficult. So. By, you know, by all means, if you want to give Twitch a shot or Facebook Live or YouTube or hell, even Instagram, as long as you got a way to capture that audio and and have something for your RSS feeds to go on iTunes and, and everything else, give it a shot. But just know that you're adding another layer of things you have to babysit to deliver your content. Last one is um, from Brian. How do you find shows for the Rageworks Podcast Network? So. Um, this is an interesting question. A lot of the shows that we've brought on board minus two or three of them, two of them actually have been either based on people that I've worked with on just the Rageworks brand that used to be writers on our site. Jay Santa used to handle our wrestling. Uh, Ben used to do a lot of our MMA coverage. Um, you know, Matt and I still collaborate on stuff for the website itself. So a lot of a lot of the individuals I've had pre-existing relationships with, but even some of the people that have come on board who are strictly clients, there's some sort of a personal connection uh, going back to some of our previous work. Um, I'm always I'm always looking for great shows, but there's a few things I, I personally take into consideration. Number one, if the person's an established podcaster, it makes the job a lot easier because then we can set expectations in terms of what they want from us and what we want from them. And quite honestly, what we want from them is consistency. And that that trumps everything else because a lot of podcasts fail because people pod fade and they just stop caring about their show. And next thing you know, there's just hundreds and thousands of abandoned podcasts out there. So when I bring a show in, we give them usually a five to 10 episode probationary period. We put their show on our network feed, which is the the main feed that most people consume a lot of our content because it allows for for crossover of different audiences to check out shows. So think of it like your favorite TV channel where maybe after you finish watching the game on a Sunday night, they'll give a new episode of a TV show and it'll pique your interest and you'll end up watching the show and they'll get you as a viewer. I I like using that model because there's many people that are much like me that They might collect action figures, but they may like watching wrestling or they may be into MMA or they may be gamers that also like to collect comics. There's there's always a lot of crossover. And I feel that the way we approach that is massive, more so because we have an established RSS feed. It allows people to get their shows out there right away and it gives them a litmus test of, hey, do I have an audience? Plus, it also allows them to continue creating content while their shows get approved for iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, etc., because that's not something that happens right away. That usually takes a week or two in some cases. In Apple's case, it's taking a lot longer. But by working with us and use it and leveraging the network, it allows them to get out in front of people very quickly. So by the time they get up to episode three or four or five, if they choose to continue, 
they'll already have that audience built in so that when they start their fifth episode, they can say, hey, you know, heads up, just want to let you guys know we are on iTunes, Stitcher, you know, Spotify, etc. Make sure to subscribe to us there. And it it's a way of us taking the training wheels off while still syndicating their podcast on the network. Like right now, what we try to do is we try to give a 24 hour, 24 to 48 hour um, pad for episodes that are on the network, meaning that let's say uh, we'll use Turnbuckle Tabloid. Turnbuckle Tabloid releases episodes Wednesday. So we're going to release Turnbuckle Tabloid Wednesday through the Turnbuckle Tabloid feed and through the their main accounts. But the network version of Turnbuckle Tabloid will will usually be released the following day. And the reason is because obviously we don't want to release it in two places and cannibalize listenership, even though it's a it, it's a good way to get cross promotion. It's a way that we don't we don't sabotage or 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 make it that they end up competing against themselves. And for the most part, everybody's been very, very receptive to that. People like that. And I think it's just a good way to do business. We we keep it full transparency. Our podcast host, which is podcast.co. A uh, great group of folks over there in the UK and their interface is good. It allows the other hosts just to log in, see their metrics, see their numbers, see what's see what's working and see what's not. Because, again, when we do the network feed, when we had it on Libsyn, we were providing numbers monthly. But it was me having to manually enter numbers into Excel. And, you know, it was it was tedious and cumbersome, but it worked. It worked for for what it was. but if you find a good podcast host that's friendly to podcast networks and can allow you the opportunity to go out there and, and really be transparent with potential hosts that are going to be joining your network. I think it's a great idea. At least that's the model that we want to, we want to utilize, especially as we move towards hopefully opening a brick and mortar podcast space. It will allow people to come in, record their shows. And if they want to, uh, you know, obviously get their shows set up, et cetera, we can, we can offer that, but we can also offer them a way to put their podcast on the network, have an ingrained audience, leverage our social media to, to get that stuff out there and to build an audience quickly versus the, the grind of having to build an audience piecemeal. So that's, that's our approach. And by all means, if you think you'd be a great fit for the network, you can always shoot me an email, rich at rageworks.net and express interest uh, there. That'll have obviously a couple of conversations, a call or two, and um, we'll be able to hopefully work something out and get you on board. But it's really that simple uh, in terms of what it costs, et cetera. There, there obviously is a cost because we're doing a lot of work. We are handling the editing, the distribution, all of this stuff that we do on a consistent basis. So every show that's on the network gets, uh, you know, ba- a basic editing package from me, uh, making sure that the audio is level, cutting out some of the dead silence, making sure that the audio is just uh, solid quality for people to enjoy their podcast. And that's the that's the main thing that we focus on. So that's that's the process that's how we get shows on the network that's how we establish um kind of the threshold that we rely on to to get people's content out there again if you're interested shoot me an email rich at rageworks.net and i'd be glad to hear 
what potential show ideas you have. And even if you have an established show and want to just move away or or not deal with a lot of the other like you don't want to edit, you don't want to sit there trying to level out your audio. You just want to focus on the content. Then definitely the Rageworks Network will gladly help you do that. All right. So I think we're going to close it out at the 10 question mark. I think that's a that's a solid amount of questions that we were able to answer. Plus, I don't want to drag the show on too much, but um, we should be doing another Q&A in a couple of weeks. I know there was a question which I didn't read on air, but I'll just answer off the cuff about uh, back to school guides, gift guides, etc. If I'm going to continue doing those on the on the podcast, uh, I would like to do one. I am contemplating doing a back to school uh, tech gift guide, uh, whether it's for the site uh, in written format or for the podcast. We'll see. I know that people enjoy the podcast version because they listen to it on the way to work and it gives them ideas for themselves if they want to treat themselves or for their kids, uh, you know, in varying age groups, of course. So we'll see what happens, but a gift guide may be coming, uh, whether we do one explicitly for back to school or if we just do one for the holidays, uh, that's that, that one's up for debate. So be on the lookout for that. We are of course looking for plenty of guests for the coming weeks and we've booked quite a few. So we're going to start, Dropping our episodes bi-weekly, as I said, when we started this podcast, uh, or when we started this episode, I should say, and we're going to be releasing them on Saturday. So we're going to start moving from Wednesday to Saturdays, probably with the next episode. As always, stay tuned to RageWorksPodcastNetwork.com for information with regard to that. And of course, keep it locked to the podcast every two weeks for updates regarding uh, release release dates. So there is that. Okay. Let's not drag this out any further and let you folks get on your way. So to close things out, uh, I want to thank everybody as always for their continued support of the podcast, the network, and all of our endeavors. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you. If you want to get in touch with us, you, as I've said before, you can email me rich at rageworks.net. You can also find Rageworks on all the social media platforms in some shape, way, or form, whether it's t- Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, hell, we're even on Pinterest and LinkedIn, and you can feel free to connect with us there. Um, if you are listening to this on YouTube, we do put the podcast on YouTube. Uh, please take a moment, give us a thumbs up and subscribe. Just helps grow the channel and, of course, let you know as soon as possible when new episodes drop. All right, folks, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you in two weeks. Peace.
Toys and Tech of the Trade is part of the Rageworks Podcast Network, your source for rants about gaming, entertainment, and the works. Visit us at RageworksNetwork.com.